Long Body Prayers is an animist somatics ritual art project and graduate thesis. This thesis will take the form of a podcast and video series to witness the relational ruptures of kin who have been touched by colonization. My name is Shante Sojourn Zenith, and I invite you to come with me on this exploration. Stemming from Haudenosaunee culture, the phrase long body speaks to the indigenous awareness of the self as a living process of emergence held within supportive webs of relationship that extend far beyond the human. This thesis project witnesses the way that settler colonist kin have become dissociated from this perception of a wider body in the absence of a developmental welcoming of felt sense awareness, attunement to ancestors and earth body dreaming, and the skills of emergent creative process that shape a coherent and rooted nervous system. thesis is a gift to the part of me, maybe the part of you, that doesn't feel like there is room for my animal body within the consensus reality of being human. This thesis is an invocation of protecting the wild animal that lives inside my body, of witnessing the wild animal that lives inside your body too. Of noticing the communication, the contact that is always happening, between a diversity of wildnesses meeting each other in each moment. Inviting curiosity about what a kind of relating would look like that honors the wild animal in each of us, that honors that part that is still connected, that part that senses, that moves from the river beneath the river the mycelial root system that creates the microclimate of the forest.
the part of us that still knows how to feel that we belong. The part of us that claims our existence here in this moment, in this context, our feet fully touching the earth. The earth that my feet are touching is Minnesota Makoche, the ancestral homelands of the Dakota people. The seven council fires of the Dakota people have tended this area of Turtle Island for thousands of years, and the place of their creation is nearby at Bedote, the confluence of two rivers. This land is more recently a part of the territories of the Anishinaabe people, whose long migration followed a dream of wild rice to Minnesota in the 1600s during early waves of colonization. My people are from Europe. On my mother's side, my ancestors are mostly English, with a little bit of German and Swedish mixed in. On my father's side, my ancestors are Romanian and Ukrainian Jews. Some of my ancestors arrived on Turtle Island during those early waves of colonization in the 1600s. Others immigrated in the 18 and early 1900s. My people are participants in colonization. The blood rope of my lineages is interwoven with the impacts of violence and displacement that have shaped America. Because of my ancestral context, it has taken a long time for my feet to learn to touch the earth here. Part of the inheritance of colonization for me has literally been a pulling up of awareness, dissociating me from my lower body and the actual feeling of the ground supporting me. My process of learning to feel the sensations of ground is long and ongoing, and it is rooted in the concepts of animus somatics. Animus somatics, as a specific field, has been germinated by Der Sohe, Larissa Call, and Tara Hozumi and many other artists and embodiment practitioners are playing in a similar area, although they may not use this term directly. To me, animus somatics can most simply be defined as the idea that everything is a being you can relate to through your body. By everything, I literally mean everything. Trees, rivers, concepts, cultures, stories, symptoms, stones, man-made objects, data, galaxies, ghosts, cell membranes, metaphors, ecosystems, emotions, identities, everything is a being. By being, I mean a person in the sense of an organism with a capacity for felt sense awareness and desires for how it is met by the other beings it is in relationship with. It is important to emphasize 
that this beingness is perceived not just through our minds, but through the full attentiveness of our animal bodies, as our sensations in response to the other guide our capacity for both attunement and agency within relationship. Deeply influential to my perception of beingness have been books by Tyson Yunkaporta, Robin Wall Kimmerer, Andreas Weber, and Suzanne Samard. What follows is an invocation of some of the beings that I am in relationship with during this thesis project. I definitely want to call in the turtles. Turtles. The turtle's ability to go into its shell or go under the water to kind of peek out and go back under. The inspiration for this project was formed out of two summers of sitting at different sit spots in Minnesota, watching turtles. I identify a lot with turtles. It was partly through these moments of attunement, sitting at the edge of the marsh, that I began to channel, to tune into the voices of my deep time ancestors, the rhythm of the land, and the unfolding of my animal body. The turtles have taught me how to listen to the field of vibratory sensation and flowing life. They teach me to keep checking in with the above water while keeping most of my focus attuned to the below, reading the field in its ripples and tremulous cadences of becoming. They teach me to have a hard shell so I can be confident in my vulnerability, but also know the moments in which to withdraw from the flow of energy and hold my own softness close. They teach me that I can choose the pace of flow. Because of the turtles, I structured this project within the space of relationships so that I could meet each encounter as a form of channeling.
way like what this is actually about is like my own my own really deep connection to these beings and the system um, and I think that's what is clear about it is that it's not really going to come from me it's going to come from that relationships and what what wants to be like spoken into each relationship feels mm -hmm. it's like a tiny dinosaur you know like one of the, the like t-rex this is my friend yes. Brittany. yes <laughs> Brittany's one of the six <laughs> friends who i've asked to do peer practice sessions with me throughout <laughs> oh my God, this project <laughs> each peer collaborator <laughs> That's is helping me create a container to play with like, this material. Do like a little <laughs> yeah. So then, why don't I actually tell you or like invoke then the felt sense of the introduction yeah. instead of like figure out what it is before I know what it is. So Yeah, it's scary. There's like, I like start to go towards it and there's like a little shaking in my belly, like a little like kind of like belly flop feeling, you know, like it's just, um, yeah, it's like when I land there, there are actually these spirits that I'm in relationship with. It's like me and a council of spirits. Is a, it's like a hearth fire, a campfire. And then these six ancestral spirits. I feel like really little. And really kind of raw. And then like these big spirits that that got left in this liminal space. Even though my thesis program in embodiment studies at Goddard College is a quirky hippie, self-designed, choose-your-own-adventure program, I still got pulled into the traditional academic structure of the great mythic critical introduction, which I was supposed to complete during the first month of my project. As you're talking, I'm realizing like so much of that freeze is like, I'm supposed to write the critical introduction before I do the process. And it's like the part of me that's like, I need to describe the whole thing right now before I've actually done all the practice. The whole process of trying to write a critical introduction to a project I was just beginning to 
know how to relate to ended up leading to a lot of stuckness and bringing up all of the parts of me that feel shame around being seen and speaking about my work. I did a session with practitioner Der Sohei, who is an animist somatic teacher and clown, to start to unpeel the layers of stuckness. There's like, a, there's a fragmentation that, that's often in the field when I start to talk about my work as a whole. That's mm -hmm. um, not there when I'm on my own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so I guess actually probably a digestible chunk to focus on today instead of trying to figure out how to describe like the work as a whole is maybe just to focus on that, that fragmentation um there's something that i'm there's something that does not want to be noticed that 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 all of my work is about noticing mm -hmm. um <laughs> and i even like know what it is when i'm on my own and i could like say it but it doesn't want to be said sure um And it doesn't feel right to like, I could, I'll just, I'll show you. So this is like, this is my room right now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, so that's like, that's like a huge part of it is that like, when I like then like enter into conversation with another human, it's like, okay, so what are you working on? <laughs> um, and I'm like, <laughs> like it's there in the space. Yeah. And it's in, it's in my belly, it's in my sound, um, but there's, the, there's this interference. Um, and actually, I'll show you this, because this is relevant. Um, so this is the system that I'm working with in my thesis, the six beings, mm -hmm. me, um, death. And there's like, I kind of like journeyed into the space. There's also like Hecate or some kind of threshold guide energy who's kind of helping mediate lives here. And then this is, this is a being that doesn't really want to be talked about directly, but is, um, <laughs> and um, so when I, when I went in to this space, um i kind of i set it up as a constellation with stones so i could go in and feel it out yeah, yeah. when i went as on my own like b before i kind of called it hecate to help look um there was like such a feeling of degre degradation and dissociation and like all of these beings were so faint and there was so much so much blocking them and like all of the ancestral trauma like lived inside of them mm -hmm. um and the hearth fire had gone out and death was 
behind a barrier. There's this part of me that thinks I need a, like a bird's eye view right now, but the, the narrative part of me that would like create that is only online. Mm -hmm. So what is online? Just the like experiencer, the part that just like, <laughs> I kind of have like filled up on like so much relationship and so much connection. And um, like, I, I am feeling like I'm kind of like completely filled and now I need to just like slowly let myself empty again. So really just like the silent one, you know, who wants to just kind of float for a while. Right. And it sounds like that's a natural part of your cycle. Yeah. So funny. It's like, that's like, you gotta figure it out. You know, that part that's like, so every, that's also a part of the cycle is that part, like completely like getting confused about there being a cycle. You know, but I think it like, I think that part does like, if I can somehow, yeah, this is always a part of the creative process that's really hard because I have a part of me that really wants like a container, mm -hmm. you know, and to kind of be like consistent and showing up and, and like accumulating things um, and to be linear. Um, but that's not my creative process at all, really. And, so, and it's like that part is just it's like a tiny dinosaur, you know, like one of the, the like T-Rexes. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did the structure? Where did the structure go? <laughs> it doesn't have arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that so me and my tiny dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, thank you. That's, <laughs> That's maybe what I need to do when that part of me comes up. I just need to like do like a little dance. <laughs> like, I know you're there. Yes. yes. How do you want to figure it out? Mm, totally. So understandable. I too want to. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just want to like just like melt right now. You know, go like sit by the water, 
Because it's like that part of me that's so kind of wound up, like, um, <laughs> I don't know where my mimes are coming from right now. <laughs> um, the, there's like, there's a very like calcified structure around the academic. Oh, okay. um, and yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. So you're, so you're in some way you're bouncing a ball off of that and you have to kind of admit that it's there and, and keep going like, oh, I know that part of the game is that you want to control me or that I'm supposed to fit into this calcified structure. But let's just start by just like throwing a ball against it or or sort of like giving it a space in the constellation, like a wooden block or something, right? Yeah. Like get a piece of a brick and be like, you represent the calcified structure and you sit over here. Oh, yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Like it's all part of it, right? It's all part of it. That it's not all funneled through that. It's just a part of it that's the different that's the differentiated distribution is like parts and holes constantly, constantly <laughs> and it gets to sit over there and watch and like can get like some of the food but like give a little food to it but it doesn't get yeah i mean or and and even a different way is to to have a mini to have a part of the a part of the larger project focused directly on that brick where you pour honey all over it, and that's the film. You film it. You film yourself pouring honey all over it while while being like while kissy singing baby sounds for two minutes, and that's part of the work. Yeah. So everything <laughs> folds in, right? Everything is like this. It's like it's like highlighting, separating, focusing, folding back in. Highlighting, separating, fold, folding back in. So. Everything that becomes a blockage is like an opportunity to go, what mini art project could be here in this blockage? I think we can say that this is the place the thesis project officially begins. Sitting in the garden with two puppies playing parallel to the cabbages. 26 pages scattered on the ground. Let it go down. Let it go I hereby give up control of outcome. It was at this point that I started recording myself in the bathtub speaking my writing, singing. It was at this point that I started to play. The pathway should have been open into that deeper contact. Contact that allows me to become myself because I am held by somebody who is held within this wider body. I am held by somebody who is receiving the resourcing and the nutrients that they are then able to pass to me. That contact as a child comes through the caregiver's contact. Can I feel as I rest on the skin of my mother's chest? 
the way that her nervous system is supported by the erotic pulse of life. It's about the contact between our bodies and the earth. It's about what gets in the way of that contact. Can you really take in the sensation of the earth supporting you? The question, what determines when something has been touched? What determines one can receive being held? Is it physical proximity or is it the felt sense of aliveness? said before distribution when it happens should happen without your conscious understanding you don't actually fucking know you have to let it happen but it doesn't happen until the correct conditions are present in the system those correct conditions I don't fucking know but I'm giving you a process by which you could keep generating and regenerating material in a conscious not manic way so that eventually the collage rearranging creates a condition by which on a walk in the morning you just something melts and you just go oh my god it's oh my the trauma because the differentiation is happening in another time signature so you're here in regular life in this regular rhythm. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, look at me, I go to sleep, I wake up, I eat food, I go to sleep, I wake up, I eat food. But dif di but distribution happens in like galactic microscopic, galactic microscopic, the tides, 400 years, 2000 generations, and then one minute, and it's like, it's like Beethoven in a sense of like, you can't really dance to Beethoven. It's just kind of a abstract, amazing art. The times you like, but then make make Beethoven more complex by changing all the time signatures. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. so we don't try to control that because it's uncontrollable. It's un it's unfathomable. The time signatures are everywhere. You've got You've got ancestors over here dancing in three, four, but you've got ancestors over here singing in seven, eight, you know, like it's like too much. And you are the sum total of all those harmonic frequencies and time signatures splashing against each other. You can't possibly, it's like impossible to actually catch all that. But what it is possible to do is allow it to be witnessed in a non-rational way without any end gaming. So you're not like, oh, how do I make this beautiful process into a thesis? Some part of you will try to do that because that's like some part of us who's like, oh, I wanna catalog this. But mostly it's about receiving the benefit of this like massive orchestral choreography 
and sometimes you zoom in and sometimes you zoom out and sometimes you look over there and sometimes you hear over here. But ultimately it's about having a system that actually says, yes, this is, it's enjoyable to receive this kind of chaos. Because, spoiler alert, it's not chaos. It's just chaos to the mind that wants to capture and reduce this complexity. And that's why we get afraid. We actually get afraid of not being able to catch it or remember it. It's like it's bullshit, right? And what I'm saying is you develop an ability to go, it's all happening. Can I tune into it happening? Tune into like these crescendos and empty spaces and weird noise and screaming and humming and right like and I'm not saying it's danceable but I am saying you could dance to it the adults the caregivers as a child's portal into relationship with the wider body Without that portal, a child's system gathers up its own energy and contracts and tucks itself deep inside their body. Which I think has something to do with that if the adult isn't receiving nourishment from the wider system, they don't, they possibly try and even get it from the child instead. There's no way that they can contain the vastness of this, this like wild animal being that is their baby without the mediation of these wider forces. Because the whole secret is that human emotions are not meant to be held within human bodies. They are offerings to the wider field of life. So just, you know, these are just sort of like battle notes from the field of like, how do you embody complexity? You start simply, but then you keep creative with artistic distance, tweaking that chaos. Oh, I differentiated, and now I oh, and now I ooh, and now I constellate over here, and now I want to do a tea party, and now I'm going to write a poem about this part. Right? You constantly have to switch your vantage point a little bit. Right? Oh, writing a thesis. Okay, now I'm going to write a poem about the thesis. Okay, now I'm going to do a dance about the poem that's about the thesis. Do you see right. how it's embodied? It's like viewpoint oh, in theater. Yeah. Right? That's the associative network. Yes, there's an associative network that's happening all at the same time, but you you can only work in linear time. I'd like to introduce you to my drum, who has been a major support and partner in my exploration. 
This drum was made by a Diné artist in New Mexico. And I met this drum in a shop in Wabasha, Minnesota. Turtle medicine. Turtle medicine. September 9th. each encounter relates to in its own unique timing, in its own unique rhythm, in its own unique way. And if through finding and attuning to the rhythm that is happening and attuning to the rhythm of the wider body, That listening for the rhythm that is of greatest nourishment and easing to all of the beings within the ecosystem of relationship. Then from that place of rhythm, it is possible to access the harmonics, to listen for exactly what song needs to come through inside of this container, inside of these banks allowing flow. Exactly what has happened with the way that colonized humans relate to the bodies of water, the watersheds that nourish their life, that quench their thirst, that allow their unfolding. is a map of 10,000 years of the Mississippi River where I live in all of the ways it has changed courses and made subtle adaptations in shape in response to the changing conditions of the land. artificial banks of reality, artificial banks establishing a monotone rhythm, the only rhythm that we are able to notice 
and we try to channel all of the material through this incredibly limited space of this river, this one container. And in the process, we cut off the tributaries. We cut off all of those weavings of relationship that allow for a circulation of flow, for a circulation of life force throughout the whole system. Reality becomes thin and drained. Without the ability of that flow to happen, literally here at this sit spot, in this pond, which is either an artificial or natural tributary of some form coming off of the river, but now slowed in such a way that it is not allowed to change shape. It is forced to remain in the shape that these artificial constraints impose on it. And because of that, there is stagnation, the constraints that bind the river to a predetermined path. And take me out of that moment-to-moment -moment awareness of the fullest shape my body is making of how I want to be in contact with rhythm, with support, the flow of nutrients across the system, where I want to wander. The dance of flow of this moment. the drum in the belly, and the river in the spine, the tree of life that holds them both. really true like letting it come through my body before I actually know what the narrative needs to be maybe I can listen for that and like maybe while I'm in the right brain space I could still like be thing and like kind of invoking the salt sense of it mm -hmm. and that might be that might just like not doing words, but just doing like some painting, some movement, and just like seeing if like I can just kind of like plump up that felt sense so that when the words come back, I know what it is or I know what the senses are. 
This is a movement practice that just happened a couple of days ago. And I'm starting to um, I'm starting to really find that that like the, that care of that death energy, that like deep seeing and nurturance that's there. Mm -hmm. like touching my body in my own system. Um, and it's like, I can connect with that energy, but I, the, like that whole thing about original mother, um, like I, that, that's what I'm working towards with this system. And that's where the block is. Um, so when, when I kind of went through as Hecate, um, as like that she kind of opened a portal to go back um, or to go, to go underneath, um, I could see the medicine of the beings, um, more, I could see the hearth fire. The difference is like, there's this like, so I'm looking at the little sheets of paper with my writing on them. Um, and before when I've done like performance or like tried to create something, I go with, there's like a flatness. And I think what I have now is, is I can like let the felt sense be there as this thick being and relate to the felt sense. That's right. Um, That's right. And let it, yeah, there's something about like the different like bubbles yep. of thickness. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. And you don't, you just, you're protected. You have your hygiene practices. And, and when you're in the art making process, you're actually stretching your capacity to do what you just talked about. Yeah, I'm just gonna like land here for a second and listen. Um, there's like something about the contact between the feet and the earth. as like a contact point of how energy moves. And just like a lot of stillness. So I think there's actually just even something about just like descending down and sitting by this fire, making intentional time to just to be here without trying to make any meaning or ask for anything to happen. And then there's like a presence behind me. Like the fire, I think, is also kind of eros. 
and that life force. And there's like a presence behind me, which is death. So there's something too about like that relationship between the two and standing in that space. And the way that this council is like mediating. It's like the plant is not my idea of the plant. The plant is the plant. And I, I mean, my experience that's starting to happen with that is that if I feel like the full felt sense and the thickness and, and, and the beingness, I don't really get possessed. I don't dissociate in the same way. They're like, because I actually know how to modulate because it's, it's there. Here it is. And that's the caregiver relationship. That's the child caregiver relationship. Oh. It's yeah. not human. You see, it's not human, but it is human too. You just didn't get it in the form that you wanted. None of us did, but it's still in the field constantly there. It's not because it's the earth. It's an earth sky relationship. That child caregiver relationship is an earth sky relationship so the ma the macro relationship is always singing the same song but you're figuring out how to get it and it's like you get to it's like you're shortcutting so we think of development as linear so if we walk back on a linear line we meet this obstruction and now we're broken because mommy didn't give me what i needed and daddy didn't love me the way i needed to now i'm fucked. and what i'm saying is it's actually a multi-phasal array like a spray of right and actually like walking back in time is just as simple as like a rotation or a flip or a like it's not linear so I don't know if you can see this. Yes. This yeah. Yep. Yes. So we walk back in time, realize mommy didn't give you what we want, and then the earth is there, and then there's this thing that you're going like this, and you're like, right, so that's the thing. This bigger thing that you're like, but where's I need it to be there, so I know it's there, and when it's there, I don't have to be I'm it's relieving. You just know how to fucking be a body. That's the real, that's animus secure attachment. That's death, that's death too. Death is saying, I exist so that you can have this experience of existing. And I kill you so you can have this experience of dissolving your existence because that's the point. You need to be able to change. So death is this super secure attachment of like, no matter what has happened, no matter what you've done or didn't do, what you got or didn't get, no matter what, poiesis will occur. At a certain point, you will dissolve and recombine in this really intense way that we call death. But that's the, 
That's the like, what are we pressing against when we feel that field? Is it gravity? Sure, but what's beyond that? What's the mother of gravity? What's the mother of the earth and the mother of the sky? Who's the mother of every phenomenon? You only get what you get to the places we're talking about. And then we go, oh, death is the mother of all. Darkness, death, dissolution, this kind of sympoietic unraveling. That's the mother of raveling. You can't ravel with you. It's like this. Right? So when you press up against that and you feel it, you can go deeper and deeper until you actually go, oh, right, death, right there. That's death, right there. All the time. In every moment, there's a dimension that I'm always pressing on, which is to go, are you there? Of course you're there. I just need to feel you. I just need to feel you. That's what I'm doing, try to do 24-7, to go, I, oh, do I feel, feel you? I feel you. In every direction, in every cell of my body, can I receive that pushback, that, that feedback? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's literally, it's been such a like, huge metaphor for me. It's like something to push against. Yeah. And that like the boundary of the container, the edges. Right, yeah. right. And the play in that is your life's fate. So it's not like you get the answer, check it off a list. It's like now you have to be in real relationship without struggling to understand. You just have to be in real ongoing, it's an ongoing dance. It's like you don't dance so that you can check it off the list. You dance because dancing is fun and you want to keep dancing. So the thesis is like, I understand dancing. But if the thesis isn't dancing, what the fuck's the point? You can understand dancing and still be like, but dancing is more fun than understanding dancing. <laughs> I just understood dancing so that I could have more fun dancing. I, it's very weird, but it's everyone knows what I'm talking about. It's very, it's very true. It's like, oh, I understand it, so I have more fun doing it. That's why people do this. That's why people do anything. Kind of like the whole writing thing is asking it to die before it's lived. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it is, and sometimes you change your relationship to writing, and suddenly it's a reflecting of the process and no longer a reduction of the process. Then you have secure attachment to writing because you have secure attachment to death while you're writing. contacting those moments that have already happened and using those as the thick juicy succulent jumping off points into deeper connections 